This is the Jewel City Church Podcast, and this time we're doing something a little bit different. We're joining Unite Youth for their eight-week series, New Year, New Habits. So gear up with your Bibles as we set out to develop better disciplines in following the Lord. We have been talking about a variety of spiritual disciplines that we can incorporate in our lives to grow our relationship with the Lord. Can some people that have been here for the past couple weeks tell me some of the disciplines that we have discussed up until this point? What are some of the things that we've talked about? We talked about meditating on the word, yes. What else, Rebecca? We talked about studying the word. We talked about soap, we did. Soap is scripture. Wait, what is soap? A. Application, yes. Prayer. All right, so scripture, observation, application, prayer. That's how we've been reading through the word um, in our devotions, which for those of you who this is your first time, so every week after our message, we have these daily devotions that we do that will add this new discipline into our life. Lauren, did you have something to add? Memorizing the word, yes. So we talked about memorizing, meditating. Um, We talked about prayer a couple weeks ago, and then last week we talked about listening to God and taking time to listen to God and how important that is in our lives. And so this week is week seven. Next week is gonna be our last week, which is pretty crazy. It's been eight weeks, um, and technically we had a bonus week in there where we just uh, did small group. But today we are going to be talking about fasting. So what is, like, what do you guys know about fasting? What is fasting? If you have a lot of hands. I saw Avery's hand first. Okay, you're not eating, you're spending time with God. Yeah, giving up something to intently put more into your relationship, time into your relationship with God. All right, so yeah, that is part of what fasting is. And so um, what fasting is not, just starting off in your notes, because we've been doing this, what it is and what it isn't. So what it's not is it's not a diet. And so you know we're talking about abstaining from food, which is our next little bullet point, but it's not a diet. It's not something uh, for health purposes or you know now they have like the popular trend is like intermittent fa- intermittent 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 fasting um that's the popular thing that's the fad thing that's not what the kind of fasting that we're talking about is this kind of fasting is temporarily abstaining what does abstaining mean it means not (laughs) not doing so temporarily abstaining from food so temporarily not eating food for spiritual purposes and so the sole purpose of fasting is for spiritual things and so fasting Biblically, biblic, gosh, I cannot talk. I keep getting tongue-tied today. Fasting, biblically speaking, is an act of self-humbling by declaring our need and also by showing us afresh how weak we really are. Um, and then King David says in Psalm 69.10 that he um, is humbled, or he has humbled his soul with fasting. And so the... One of the really cool things was in your small groups, you talked a lot about humility because so many of our readings this week uh, talked about humility. Like that was one of the 
key themes in our readings. And the more I studied and preparing this and the more I thought about fasting, just seeing the connection there. Because humility, um, we kind of defined it in our small groups, it's this putting others' plans, purposes, putting others above ourselves. And in terms of our relationship with God, putting his plans and purposes above our own. But humility is also acknowledging our, our need and our weakness, right? Because in him, uh, our weakness is made strength. Like he is our strength. He is our source. And so when we fast, it is this act of humbling. It isn't this act of saying, God, I need you. I need you more than any of the things um, of this world. And I want to center my attention and my focus on you. And so fasting, another thing that fasting does is that it reminds us that we are sustained by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that's in Matthew 4, 4. And so um, we see that like, when we're fasting, when we're giving up physical food, when we're giving up this physical thing, and it's showing us that we can be sustained, that we can endure from the word of God and that we are relying on that because we're giving it up to take that time and to spend it with him and to rely on him and to learn how to better rely on him. And then John 4, 32 says, um, so actually we've read this throughout our devotions, you know, as we've been reading, we read John 4 several weeks ago. And this is after, John 4.32 happens after Jesus encounters the woman at the well. And so Jesus encounters the woman at the well. He tells her about the living water that will like, satisfy eternally. And then his disciples come back and they're like, you got to eat. You're like, you need some food. You haven't eaten in a while. You need to eat. And Jesus is like, actually, I have food that you don't know about. And it's like, oh, the disciples, you know, can you imagine? They're probably like, did you go off and get a snack? Did somebody come bring you food? Like, are you just eating the grass? What are you talking about, Jesus? But he's talking about, well, what he's talking about is he is sustained on doing the work of his father. And so um, in, that's exactly what it says after John 4.32. It says that he is filled on doing the will of his father who sent him. And so it is this spir- spiritual filling compared to this physical um, filling. And so, um, as I was studying, I read this really cool article, um, and it was talking about fasting happens in three different directions. And so, the first is inward. So, this is an expression of repentance, and it fosters heart change. And then there is the outward, which is fasting for circumstances when you're going through a hard and challenging time, fasting for breakthrough. And then there's the forward, and that's for God's favor. It's that God would go ahead of you, and he would make the path, he would make the way. And later on in our conversation here, we're going to actually look at a couple people who fasted in scriptures and how they fit into these things that they fasted, um, that David, he fasted for repentance, he fasted for mercy, for God's mercy. And then for circumstances, we see that different things going on that Elijah was going through a really hard time, which again, we're gonna talk about more later, and he fasted and God gave him the strength to endure. And then for God's favor that Esther fasted um, before going to the king and asking him to spare her people. And so when we think about fasting, these are three of the ways that we can think about fasting and three of the kind of like situations in which we might choose to fast or the Lord might lead us into a fast. And so 
when it comes to fasting, one of the things that we have to understand is that our motivation in fasting matters. And we see that in Matthew 6, 16 through 18. It says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you that they have received their reward. And when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And so what this verse is saying is that all these people, when they would go out and fast, their faces would just, oh my gosh, I am in despair, I am not eaten, I am tired, I am disgusted, I need food. Like, and like, look, but also look at me, like I'm doing this great thing, I'm doing this spiritual thing. Um, and they were getting their reward on earth. That's exactly what this is saying. That they were getting their reward here because others were like, oh my gosh, you are so spiritual. You are so close to the Lord. You are so all of these things. And they were doing it for the attention and the applause and the um, praise of others. And so fasting is not meant to earn the praise of man, but to reveal the glory of God. Um, and that's the next note on your sheet. Fasting is not meant to earn the praise of man, but to reveal the glory of God. And so this verse is saying, the purpose isn't for you to get all the praise of all these other people. That The purpose of it is to seek God and to reveal his glory to you and in your life. And so... What is the motivation in fasting? And in Zechariah 7, 5, God asked the people of Israel the same question that he asked us today. Was it for me that you fasted? And I think so many of us, like not even just with fasting, but with all of these disciplines, what is your motivation? What is your motivation in studying the word? Is it just to be the smartest person in the room? Or is it to get to know the heart of your heavenly father? What is your motivation in prayer? Is it to get the thing you want you know, we talked about prayer is not a wish and God is not a genie. Is your goal to get the thing you wish for or is your goal to be closer in communion with God? All of these things, you know, talking about biblical memorization, is your goal just to have everything memorized so you can just, again, show how, how smart you are or is your goal so you can hide his word away in your heart and you can know truth and you can know him better? And so when it comes to fasting, is the goal to look like the most or be the most spiritual person in the room? Or is it to honor and glorify God with your life? Is it to give him the space to change your heart? And as we discussed in our small groups, we must cling to God rather than clinging to the things of this world. Because God is the only thing that's worth it. And so we must cling to him over the things of this world, over the recognition, over the glory, over the praise of man, over all of these things, that we would cling to God first and that we would cling to the things of God, that we would set our vision, our sights, our focus on him. Uh, John Wesley says, um, first let it, as in fasting, so first let fasting be done unto the Lord with our eyes singly fixed on him. Let our intention herein be this and this alone to glorify our Father, which is in heaven. And it's been really cool as we've been reading through John, if you've been joining us, or even if just from the conversation today, how many times, 
Like each and every week, as you know, I'm reading them and I'm preparing, you know, the, the small group discussions. It's like every single week, God is like, or Jesus is like, I'm not here under my own authority. I am here under my Father's authority. I am not here to glorify myself. I am here to glorify Him. I am not here for me. I am here to honor him to do his will and not my own and even we haven't gotten there yet but even in the garden when he's praying to the father he's like crying in blood because he's so overwhelmed and he's like lord if it's your will to be crucified to die a painful death then let it be so and so his goal was god's glory his goal was to serve god his goal was to focus, um, or his focus was set on God, as should ours be. He sets the ultimate example um, for us, that everything he does, he does it with the the same motivation, and that is to glorify, to honor his heavenly Father. And so that is why we fast, that is why we do the things we do, that is why we live the life that we live, to honor and glorify him, because he is worth it. And so why do we fast? What, you know, what makes us fast. And so fasting is technically, um, it's not a commandment. There's not anything in scripture that, besides in the Old Testament where there were um, some occasions where God said fast every year on this date. Um, but it is not a commandment. You know, a lot of these other ones we have read about have said, like, stay in the word, meditate on the word. It's been more of a command, right? It's been pray without ceasing. And this is technically not a commandment, but Jesus describes fasting as a normal part of Christian living. And so while it might not be directly, hey, you must do this, we see in Matthew 6, 16, which is the first verse of the passage that we just read, it says, and when you fast. And just that first little phrase, that's that expectation of like, he's not saying if you fast, it's when you fast. And so that we would fast, this is what it's going to look like. And then in Matthew 9, 14 through 15, um, it says, then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples, disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. And so in this verse, um, disciples of John asking him why, do we all fast and your disciples don't? And Jesus is the bridegroom. If you were with us last semester, we talked about who God is and one of the things that Jesus is, is the bridegroom. And so right at this time when he's talking to them, he's on earth, he's with them, he's living life with them. But he's saying when he goes away, because as you all may or may not know, he died on a cross and he was resurrected um, for us, for our salvation, and then he ascended into heaven and then he's coming back one day which is so cool and so exciting. And so in this time when he's not here, he's not physically here, that that is the time when we will fast. Um, This time in between his first advent and the second advent, his first coming and his second coming. And so that we would, that these are the days that we would fast. And so that is why we fast because Jesus sets the expectation, and not only does Jesus set the expectation, but Jesus himself lives it out. And so in the next section, when we talk about fasting seen in scripture, um, the fourth or fifth bullet point says, Jesus entered into a 40-day fast before beginning his ministry. Um, and, and you see that in Matthew 4, 1 through 11. And so Jesus enters this 40-day fast before he 
you know, he's, he has three years of ministry ahead of him. He does this 40-day fast where he fasts water and food. And then the enemy comes to tempt him so that Jesus can know all temptation and he can empathize with, with us today and he can be an understanding high priest. And so Jesus set the example. He not only set the expectation, but he set the example. And then we see several people fasting in scripture. We see Moses also fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, food and water, which is a like super spiritual, like Holy Spirit, God, um, miraculous thing because um, you can't go, like physically you can't go that long without water. Um, but this was like, totally God empowered. And so after Moses goes and fasts for direction, this is when he comes down with the 10 commandments. And then as I said earlier, Elijah fasted during this time of difficulty in his life. And then he came and it literally says in scripture and I should have written down the exact verse because it was like so it was like and this fast gave him the strength he needed to endure. Like it was, it wasn't quite worded like that, but that's literally what the scripture says. And so if that's you and you're going through a hard time and you feel like you need the strength to endure, maybe, maybe you need to fast. And then Esther um, and all of the Jews, Esther asked all of the Jews to fast for three days and three nights so that when she went before the king, because the king, because of a manipulative high up official in the king's, circle, uh, wanted to kill all the Jews, um, and Esther, the queen, was a Jew, uh, her uncle came to her and he was like, you got to do something, you were put here for such a time as this, and so she's like, all right, call a fast, we're going to fast, and then I'm going to go before the king, because if the king didn't put out his scepter, he could kill you, um, and these are just uh, very quick recaps of these, I encourage you all to go back and look at the scriptures and read these stories when you can. But they fasted and they prayed and she approached the king and he laid out his scepter um, and the Lord rescued all of her people. And then David fasted from a place of repentance, asking for grace and mercy. And so after he had, um, if you know very much about King David, he went through you know, his whole life, he was the man after God's own heart, but he was a human like us and he made mistakes and he committed adultery with a woman named Bathsheba and then murdered her husband and then... Um, uh, Bathsheba became pregnant, well Bathsheba became pregnant and then uh, he killed uh, her husband and he was approached about it by a prophet and was like, hey, this is not okay and his response was to fast and to pray. His response was to say, God make me clean and his response was to ask for mercy and grace. And then Jesus entered the 40 day fast and then Paul, if you know anything about Paul, Paul was murdering Christians. He was threatening Christians. He encountered Jesus one day. For the next three days, he fasted food and water and then surrendered his life and became someone who wrote most of the New Testament or most of all of the epistles um, and became a great spreader and sharer of the gospel, of the message of Christ. And so fasting has a huge impact. And it's interesting, too, when we look at particularly like the like the early church, when you read through Acts, it's like the response to everything was to fast and to pray. And this is something that's not really super normal today. It doesn't seem like it's something that kind of goes against society, that goes against what the norm is. And I feel like especially in America, it's like, you ever hear about people who like go to Europe and they're like, oh my gosh, the plate sizes are so small. Um, but you know, we're just, 
it's so easy to feed our desires and our appetites and to do all of these things. And it takes a lot of discipline to sit down and say, hey, I'm going to remove this distraction. I'm going to remove this distraction. I'm going to remove this thing. And Lord, I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to focus on um, just completely fix my eyes on you. I'm going to take away all of these other things, all of the things of the world. And I'm going to just set my gaze on you, God. And I'm going to spend this time with you. And it's pretty countercultural. But that's how we're called to live, right? We're called to live against the culture. And earlier in our small groups, again, that we talked about, like you guys talked about the seed, and when the seed gets buried, it's symbolic of death, and that, but it's only from death that can come life. And so is the same in our lives, that only from dying to self, dying to all of these things, that true life, that true fruit can be produced through that. And so that is what fasting is. That is why we fast. That is what fasting kind of looks like. And so for you all this week, um, kind of like last week we talked about listening and we talked about starting small and it's the same with fasting. You don't want to just go in and be like, I'm going to do a 21 day fast or something like that. Um, but I want to encourage you guys that this is a really cool discipline to incorporate in your life. Um, and so this week, what I'm going to ask of all of you is that you would choose one day, just one day, and then you would choose one meal that day so you could choose lunch, you could choose breakfast, dinner, and you would fast. And during that time that you would intentionally spend time with God. And I know, again, it's a little, it might be, maybe this is something you've done before, maybe this is something you've never done. But when you remove all of those things, you're like, okay, Lord. And again, it reminds us of our need for him. And it reminds us of our weakness and it, it reminds us of his strength. And so, um, that is my challenge to you this week. That is the discipline that you guys are going to be incorporating. One day, one meal, one day. And that, so I'm the kind of person I don't always eat breakfast. I know breakfast is the most important meal of the day, but I'm really bad about that. So if you're like me and you don't eat breakfast, don't do a meal you, do a meal that you would normally eat, a meal that you, um, that would be normal. And I know we talked about, you know, in the verse, it's like, don't tell everybody, and like, don't let your face be discouraged. But I would encourage you guys, you know, tell your parents. Maybe your parents would even want to join you um, in that. But that is your challenge for this week. And so, uh, and the little practical applications. Outwardly, you will be performing the regular duties of your day. So your day is going to look normal. But inwardly, you will be in prayer and adoration, song and worship. And so that is my encouragement to you all. That is what you're going to you guys are going to be doing this week. Um, and so before we go, um, I'm just going to pray for us. And then I'll say one more thing after that. So dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you um, for today. God, I thank you for tonight. God, I thank you that um, we can fast, God, that we have this ability to just commune with you, God, to set our eyes on you. Um, God, in that breakthrough and that change and that so many wonderful things come through this, God, not that that's we're not that that's what it's about, God, but it is truly about you, and it is truly about your glory. God, I pray that our lives would just be um, just completely sold out for you, God, that our lives, um, God, that we would be more concerned about your thoughts, your purposes, and your plans than our own or than that of others, God, that you would be the top priority, and we just thank you for that, God. I pray that for each of these students, Lord, as they go about their weeks, that you would just be with them and you would show up in amazing and mighty ways, God, and that as they dig into their word, that you would just reveal yourself to them, God, as they 
pray and as they listen and as they fast, God, that, that you would just show up in their lives, Lord, and it would be so evident. Lord, we love you and we praise you. God, I pray for anything that these students are going through, God, that you would... Um, God, that you would just be with them, that you would give them comfort where comfort is needed, that you would give them strength where strength is needed. God, anything that they need, God, you would provide because we know that you are a provider. Lord, once again, we just love you. We praise you, God. Let it be a great week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 